Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. and welcome to a Cinematic Universe minisode. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me to bridge the gap between our Captain Marvel and Shazam episodes is... Seb Patrick. Just me and you tonight, Seb. Yeah, I nearly said that with the upward inflection kind of waiting for James. I was, I usually go, <laughs> Seb Patrick, and then I realised there's no and this time, so I, know, I got and caught I, halfway through it. I have to be really careful about whether I say is or are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just me and you tonight, James. Just busy man, isn't he? He is, yes. Hey, um, so happy birthday to Batman. It'll be a couple of days later by the time our listeners are hearing this. but um, And happy 1000th issue of Detective Comics. Uh, right. I, I, I picked up Detective Comics 1000 last week. It was a really enjoyable issue, actually. I actually, like genuinely, I would recommend it if you want to read some nice little vignettes about Batman. Um, because what I think, I, I talked about this on Twitter, but I think what works well with Batman is everyone's kind of familiar with the mythos and it means you can do these little stories that are just, that all have a little ah-ha-ha-ha-ha sort of, you know, little little take on some element of it and you know what they're doing because you know the character and the mythos well enough. So uh, it was a fun issue. I mean, it's expensive because it's a big, fat, you know, however many pager. But it was a better issue than Action Comics 1000 was. So Important question. At any point whilst reading it, did you think... Oh, I need to wake the fuck up and realise that realise that Batman kills people. <laughs> My favourite thing to come out of that uh, little debate has been obviously they're they're all the fans of you know who have been kind of rallying in defence of those comments. Uh, and there was a fantastic one where someone decided to to tell Gail Simone um, that she didn't know shit about Batman, and and you know I'm sure people listening know that Gail Simone is a you know hugely uh, storied and, and successful comics writer who, among the many many things she's done in comics, has written in a huge amount of comics featuring Nightwing and the Birds of Prey. Um, so to say that Gail Simone... I think I think she replied and then I think someone said about, you know, lady, this is none of your business. And she was like, Batman is literally my business. Um, <laughs> but then this same person was really... Well, the two things that, that this person on, on Twitter said, which is one was that, um, that Frank Miller and Bob Kane wrote the real Batman. Um, you know, Bob Kane never wrote a comic in his life. He certainly never wrote a Batman comic. Bill Finger wrote all of those Batman comics. And secondly, um, what the what the fans in general of of this particular director are now doing is they're going back to the very very first Batman appearance in Detective Comics twenty seven and using the fact that he pushed a criminal um, like off a railing into a, a vat of something or other um, as proof that it's fine for Batman to kill. It's like this one story before Batman was even fully formed as a character 
character, you know, before it was established, um, the reason why he's Batman or, or any of the stuff to do with him. But because in his first appearance in 1939, um, he, he was okay with, with, with kind of directly or not killing a criminal... Uh, this means that it's fine for Batman to kill, and, and we don't, we all don't know anything about Batman. Those of us who've read eighty years worth of Batman comics, so we are wrong, and 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 the man who shall remain nameless is is right about Batman. I I just think we should use this week and those comments as an opportunity. Well, first of all, if from I, I watched the video, if he wasn't on coke when he was making those comments. I would be stunned. I don't, I, I don't know about that. I don't know whether it was that or something else. I certainly, yeah, have seen from people who were at the event that he certainly was not sober. He's, he um, seemed wired. Um, yeah. But can we just stop talking about this movie? Yeah. I, it's, it, it was released <laughs> he's in... he's 20- really eager that people don't stop talking about it because it, it boosts his brand and it keeps his name in the news, you know, to, to boost whatever his next project will be. It's- it's just it was three years ago. Yeah, I I mean, it's fine to maybe reference, but I think by this point, on Twitter, it's going to be clear whether you like the movie or don't. Because if you do, you've probably you've got it in, got your, it bar, in yeah. your avatar. <laughs> yeah, and uh, just otherwise, like, why we're not argue we're not arguing about X Men Apocalypse anymore? Yeah, or, or Amazing Spider Man. You know, it's like <laughs> we can just those films have happened, and if you like them then great watch them over and over again and enjoy them and i i still can i just you know before we do let it go forever i would just like to come back to the irony of the fact that i actually kind of in a way quite liked batman v you Superman. and you and james were both if people go back and listen to our episode yeah. were vaguely positive on the film i really didn't like it but it, it doesn't matter, yeah, it doesn't does matter. it? Like, it doesn't matter. At it's all. just one. Will, it's just, just one of these movies that we get five plus released of every year. Yeah, um, there is just that one other thing though, which is the detail of 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 what could have been and what was being considered for the moment that everyone laughs at that I actually thought was quite good, which was the Martha moment. And uh, I did. Did you read this 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 quote about yeah. what they were actually planning that that Martha Kent and Martha Wayne would have been the same person because Martha Kent was Martha Wayne in witness protection. To which I can only say, I'm pretty sure when you go into witness protection, they don't give you the same name. <laughs> I mean, I'm basing that on movies, and by movies, I mean the Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons. But you know, actually, no, he is Homer Thompson. There, maybe they do give you the same first name. Very, yeah. Uh, but I thought generally they they didn't because it still makes you identifiable. But. And that Cape Fear episode is now officially part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, isn't it? That's how that's how it works? Yeah, uh, Homer is a Disney princess, I think. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's kick off the news there. So the, the 20th Century Fox Marvel... Well, Disney deal has been completed. 20th Century Fox has officially been folded into Disney. Um, some of the kind of the... The bad stuff that we predicted has already happened. One of the one of the Fox offshoot studios has been closed, um, but people are still excited about what it means for superheroes. Yeah, uh, Seb, I I, 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 I sorry, think you can, I think I think you can be both. Is what I was yes, about to say. That's, yes, that is that is. I, thank you. That that is pretty much the exact point that I, I wanted to make over this, which is I've seen people saying that because of the fact that there are negative aspects to this, and there absolutely are, um, you know, this kind of monolithic hold over culture that, that Disney is starting to take, uh, and the fact that, yeah, already people are losing jobs, as as will always happen with that kind of thing, um, you can acknowledge that those are bad things and that you, you kind of wish those things weren't happening while still 
you know, appreciating that that from a creative point of view, there may be good things that we want to see that come of this. Um, nothing is is wholly good or or wholly bad, and that's been that's true of that's true of Marvel. Uh, before they were bought by Disney, after they were bought by Disney, you know, Marvel is entirely founded pretty much on the exploitation of of writers and artists financially. Same goes for DC. I mean, the the entire superhero genre is founded on the exploitation of Jerry Siegel and and Joe Shuster. Um, as the Good Place has recently taught us, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Uh, <laughs> so you know, it, it it is possible to hold. You know, and also it, it's also possible. It's not just a case of ignoring the bad either. It's it's you know it's it's agreeing with those points. You you can hold contradictory views on a subject, uh, and yeah. So I, I I fully agree with you on that. And you know we will. I mean I I'm not someone who's as excited as a lot of other people about. Oh, now it means we get the Fantastic Four in the MCU, or oh, now it means we get the X Men in in the MCU. I'm sure I will be when they turn up. It's not the be all and end all of of my world. Um, you know, I, I've 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 thought up to this point they were kind of fine where they were and, and whatever, and I mean they're not my favourite characters or anything like that. But um, you know, yeah, it's it, it's it's possible to still be positive in some yeah. ways about this stuff. And and to go kind of big picture, kind of Disney monolith of culture. I yes, that's true to an extent, but that's been true to an extent for a long time. And yes, Disney here is swallowing up all this ip i think for me what it will change is the theatrical cinema landscape where you know we've seen the types of movies being made change since well over nearly 30 years now since the early 90s i would say well i mean and you can you can look at you can look at different stretches of cinema as well the cinema that was coming out of hollywood in the 70s was drastically different to what came out post jaws and star wars and uh, Indiana Jones in the 80s so uh, we, like cinema evolves cinema changes this will I think certainly pushes more in the direction of those middle budget types of films not uh, ha- struggling more to get wide theatrical distribution but I think you need only look at like what happened with Netflix last year and their reinvestment in the rom-com and the success that they got from that the rom-com was a was kind of like a theatrical thing that had pretty much died um they weren't being made anymore and suddenly netflix found that niche found that there was an audience out there that still wanted them and i think probably uh this marvel disney thing is something that capitalism has driven um that will be a good thing for big budget blockbuster filmmaking because at the moment disney kind of the best at that through through predominantly marvel um and they now have more properties to play with there uh it's probably going to be a bad thing for more of those adult driven um mid mid budget dramas that that fox were making um but who's to say that someone else isn't going to figure out a way to fill that hole if it's still profitable so yeah it's good and it's bad and from our narrow podcast perspective, it's it's kind of exciting to see what yeah. Kevin Feige does. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we've we've already seen that with Spider Man. So as I say, you know, while I'm not as big a fan of Fantastic Four and X Men as as I am of Spider Man, and I really hope that what we don't just get is immediately, you know, a kind of a a, a big splash of let's try and do loads of X Men. You know, I'd like to see something kind of introduced gradually, and uh, everyone's got their thoughts for how mm. elements of the Fantastic Four could be brought in. 
Um, I just I'd like to see it done sensibly. I don't. I mean, Marvel Studios have never struck me as as being at risk of just going nuts and trying to throw everything. You know, if it was if it was Warner Brothers who just bought Fox, I, I might be a bit more worried. But um, you know, yeah. Let's just see. my only other thing with, with actually with in terms of you were saying about you know uh, uh, the kind of Disneyfication of the culture is with Disney taking over uh, Fox, are we potentially going to get live action remakes now of of like Ice Age and maybe going back to Anastasia? <laughs> like, you know, are they just going to all get thrown on the pile? Uh, maybe Boss Baby. <laughs> oh, I mean. Alec Baldwin reprising that role in live action is not something I want to see. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the so the Disney Fox deal is completed. Um, I want to jump over to, well, kind of jump over to DC, um, but this, this is going to start with uh, a conversation that um, James and I actually had um, on the deleted. Um, original Captain Marvel <laughs> episode, um, but we didn't get to dive into this in a lot of detail. Um, I'm sure listeners, you'll know what this is. This is James Gunn's return to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. James Gunn will be directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but he will also still be directing Suicide Squad 2, or um, as Reese likes me to refer to it, <laughs> The Suicide Squad. Um, so... Yeah, I, I, I mean, everyone kind of celebrated this online when it was announced. I think, I, I think this goes back to our original conversation. You don't have to condone the really dumb jokes that James Gunn made a long time ago, but I think you also have to acknowledge that he apologized for them before he was even the Guardians of the Galaxy one director, um, and. Bad jokes aren't necessarily something to lose a job over, mm. and it's it's just good that Disney. Well, what it sounds like to me is that Kevin Feige stood firm, and the 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 talk in those reports that came out about J- James Gunn being rehired was that Disney never looked at any other directors; they just waited. Well, Marvel didn't; they just waited. Yeah, well, I, I did enjoy Taika Waititi's tweet saying, yes. "Hang on, wasn't I supposed to be doing it?" Um, yeah, I mean, I th- I'm, I'm interested to see if there's going to be any hasty reshoots to to Endgame now that they don't need to kill off Drax. Um, <laughs> you know, so I, they they never did anything there, either, did no, they? No, That's no, what I'm no, assuming. They've just, uh, but the, no. but you, the the assumption has to be Kevin Feige went. Look, I've lost this battle for now. Mm. Let's wait and see what things are like in six months when the dust has settled. I mean, at the end of the day, Mike Chernovich has basically got James Gunn. A double the shot. amount of work he would have had previously. So nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we weren't over all that at the time, and I wrote about it in, in other media and uh, had to, you know, lock down some of my social media for a bit as a result. Um, you know, so we, we don't need to go over kind of all of that again. But yes, I, you know, while I can I can sympathise with the people who, from a creative point of view, weren't too disappointed about Gun not doing it anymore because such people do exist. I know you're, you know, we talked about how you guys seem to become less and less fans of Guardians Two. Uh, I actually rewatched it again recently, and I still absolutely love it. Um, you know, I I <laughs> I have some issues with James Gunn. Um, certain kind of quirks of his and certain kind of mm. characteristics of his in in his work that I wish weren't there. Um, but on the whole, you know, he has made two films in this universe that I absolutely adore. Um, so I can't be unhappy about him doing um, the third one. You know, I, I no, do, and, I do and, want and to I see s- a third Guardians film with him rather than yeah. Him. And I still think a third Guardians film with James Gunn is more 
interesting. It, I'm more interested in seeing that than any other version. James, I think, is definitely more anti-Guardians 2 than I am. I, I think it... I think it doesn't come together quite the way that James Gunn wanted it to. And I think the Peter story at the middle of it is kind of inert. But for, for, for that, there is still some wonderful stuff in there. And visually, it's... Uh, it's a migraine at times, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you know what I like? I'm I'm happy for the guy that he gets to come back and kind of finish off that story because it it does feel something that has been um, quite personal to him. It feels like a story that would be better being wrapped up with him than with someone else. Um, and yeah, it's good news. But Seb, it does mean that it will be. Well, it won't be with us in 2020, as was originally planned, um, because James Gunn has to make the Suicide Squad first, um, which I'm not sure what this movie's going to be. Try try and get your head around this, um, Seb. So the um, producer of the movie, is it Peter Safran, I think, said that it was going to be a total reboot. But Jai Courtney gave an interview and said that Boomerang is definitely returning to the movie uh, and that they'll be shooting that in a few months from now. Um, there are rumours that Viola Davis is set to return and um, obviously the news that uh, Reese and I spoke about in the last minisode, which was um, Idris Elba being eyed in to replace Will Smith. Now, there wasn't actually detail in that report about whether he was replacing Will Smith in the same role, but I think the assumption was that he was it would be weird if kind of reports rolled out like Idris Elba replacing Will Smith oh but as a different <laughs> character oh wait mm. so what are you so what are you implying <laughs> I think you I think you have to just to give entertainment journalists the benefit of the doubt assume that yes he is being he's being rolled out to replace Will Smith as Deadshot it's not uh, uh, this is all still like reported by sources by these big publications isn't it this isn't i mean i say it's i mean it's it's your likes of variety and and thr yeah. and stuff so it's not it's not um you know your little comic book sites making stuff up but it, but it's not like it's been announced by anyone official that he's doing it is it that that who's doing it so idris elba is no no but the, i mean most of the other stuff is coming from you know the, you know jai courtney talking himself uh, mm. the the uh, producer talking himself um and I and the the Idris Elba thing came like it seemed pretty substantial. Mm. Honestly, I I, I say you know I I fully believe the way it's being reported that it that it will be the case, but I just wasn't sure if if I'd missed it actually being official. But it's it's, mm. it's not at that stage, is it? Uh, I, I mean, so, something I want to see with with Suicide Squad there there is a petition at the moment uh, that's got I'm not actually sure where it's up to in terms of of number of people who've who've signed it. Uh, but there is a petition to put the character of Dog Welder in the Suicide Squad film. Uh, Dog Welder originates in Garth Ennis and John McRae's Hitman, uh, which, is, as we all know, is one of the, the greatest comics of all time, um, and is a character from the superhero team Section 8, uh, and his uh, thing is that he welds dogs to people's faces, um, and he seems an ideal fit for a James Gunn movie, frankly. So there is a petition which John McRae has signed, among other people. Uh, I don't think it's got to 500 people yet. I think it's in the hundreds. Uh, but but there is a petition on Change.org uh, to get Dog Welder put in the Suicide Squad reboot. So 
I just don't know what this movie's going to be, Seb, because you could tell me that that is actually going to happen. I'd be like, right, fine, yeah, that makes as much sense as anything. Because yeah, exactly, that's the, the thing. I, th- I think because of the fact that it's James Gunn, this doesn't seem the most uh, unrealistic. Um, but the first movie, right, was it was the Joker and Harley Quinn and Deadshot. That was that was kind of the big the big sell. So Will Smith's not there. the The assumption is that Harley Quinn's not there, given that she's off being emancipated elsewhere, um, and no Joker either. Um, so yeah, I, I guess full reboot, but with some characters. I it mean, would be I funny. Think... It would be funny, kind of, if he just remade the first film. <laughs> <laughs> God no! Please don't do Intent Enchantress again. Uh, I mean, my my feeling is that it won't be a, a reboot in the sense of, you know, starting from the beginning. But then, I, I'm, are there not various whispers that the way that they're going to get around the problem that they have of having some characters and actors that they want to keep and some that they don't or can't, uh, is that they they're, they're going to look at something like a Flashpoint. Um, although I mean, Suicide Squad's supposed to happen before then, isn't it? But you know, I feel like there's going to be a, a soft reboot with DC stuff where stuff will have happened, but you've got the opportunity to recast actors. I mean, I think, and we've said this before, that they should just give up on these films being in any way interconnected. Um, and you know, the well, general the just, general public just, will just accept a rebooted Spider Man every five years. So. Um, you know, but do it when you just don't don't refer to it when you don't need to. That's what I mean. Yeah, and do it without and if explanation. You, yeah. And if you, but if you want to still do a crossover, if you want, say, like, I don't know, if you want in the final moments of um, of Suicide Squad for Aquaman to make a cameo, fine, just do it. But you and and don't worry about being bogged down by all the all the past stuff. Just just do it. Yeah, no, so we would. This is you know, I think this is our stance on on this kind of stuff now. Uh, I think I think we're fully aware that this stuff is at a point where you don't need to explain that kind of thing. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure they will, though. <laughs> okay, um, so let's let's move uh, back over to the MCU. We got um, a few a few bits of news here. Um, let's start off, Seb, with those Avengers Endgame posters, which I thought were really really cool and a smart way of marketing the movie. And being able to still show all of those faces, even though technically, I think we know they're all going to show up, but for now we're all dead. Yeah. Or dust. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you say that like there's dissent on that view. Is is there dissent? No, 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 no. It's just I, I thought it was, I thought it was smart. I thought it was, uh, I thought they looked cool. Um, and and I and I guess the headline which I'm sure Marvel knew exactly what they were doing here, was, oh, hey, here are some characters that you didn't know the fate of. And this implies that at least four characters who we didn't know were going to be a part of Avengers Endgame, certainly from a, a opening act point of view, I would assume, um, are going to be around. So here are the characters. Well, let's start off, actually. Uh, it was confirmed that Shuri was dusted. We'd seen in a previous trailer that she was missing, so that we presumed that anyway. Um, but the four characters that they confirmed um, were not dusted. Pepper Potts, Wong, Valkyrie, and Happy Hogan, who wonderfully got his own character poster oh, no. <laughs> alongside all of these superheroes. <laughs> um, who are you most excited about there? 
Who am I most excited about in what sense? <laughs> in, in, that in that they're still around and they're going to be a part of this movie. Um, Valkyrie. <laughs> because, you know, we, we I don't think we, it was known before that point that, that Valkyrie was going to be in this at all, was it? So No, no. Or that she had survived uh, not only the snap, but the but attack on the, the ship at the yeah, start. The yeah, the ship, so... Which you know that's so she's got a she's had a like about a twenty five percent chance of survival there yeah. <laughs> because you've got to survive being killed and then survive the snap. Um, so do you reckon? So Valkyrie presumably is out in space. I'm just I'm just going to do my uh, my gymnastics on what's happening with these characters in Act One of the movie. Valkyrie's out in space. Oh, so are Nebula and Tony out on a ship. They need some way of getting back to Earth. Thor's down on Earth at, uh-huh. at the yeah. moment anyway. That might be a way to get those guys back there. Yeah. yeah. That works. Here's my here's my uh, Pepper Potts theory, mm-hmm. and, and Happy can um, link into this as well. Uh, Pepper, assuming Tony is dead, he's been off planet for however long, um, she, she gets access to the suits and she has been rescued. In the in the months following the snap, yeah. So she so by the time Tony gets back to Earth, Pepper has been superheroing. Let's not forget as well. She still she still got centipede powers, or whatever that was. The uh, (laughs) the what was it? Extremist. Extremist. Yeah. She still got that. No, I thought he. I thought they. I thought they removed that. I thought it was. I'm sure that's something that he said he was going to do at the end. I don't know that he can. Mm. Um, no, the only thing I'll say with Pepper is actually I, I think at least that gives us confirmation that there isn't a cruel, cruel irony in that Tony is leaving these messages in his, in his helmet for Pepper and not knowing that she's actually being killed in the snap, which would be hilarious. Oh uh, God, yeah, that would <laughs> be brutal. Um, and then yeah. what do you think? What do you think Wong's been doing? Well, that's who's, how's, Wong's how's a really he going to come interesting in one. Uh, I think I think he's been hanging around Billingsgate Fish Market, getting people to wipe their hands on his coat. Uh, <laughs> that's a reference that not many people will get. I don't. I can't even remember if I talked about it when we did Doctor Strange. Um, but yeah, I th- I I feel I think he could be reasonably significant with the connection to Strange. I tell you what, there's a nice theory I've seen from somebody about Doctor Strange, which I don't know if you're aware of or if it's a widespread theory or if, if I talked about, which is. Uh, I love a theory, Seb. Uh, Doctor Strange did not get snapped. Doctor Strange faked getting snapped and is Ooh. secretly in hiding, working to defeat Thanos. Uh, I, I also, also like the um, idea somebody suggested that, you know, that thing about him seeing the however many futures it was, um, that he's actually, like, that it wasn't, like, in the blink of an instant that he saw them, but he actually lived through each one each time. Um, so a bit like the end of his film and a bit like that yeah. Doctor Who episode, he has actually lived all of that time and experienced it. Um, That's amazing. I, I, I like that because I, I like the um, I like the idea because you know how it, by the end of Doctor Strange, he's not he's not a Sorcerer Supreme. Mm. And, and actually, he was a guy who was kind of struggling to get up to speed with his powers, kind of like trying to figure them out on the fly. Mm. And it's it's really only his smart arsery at the end of that movie that gets that wins the day. And I kind of like that actually probably the time stone probably is how he got that competent by the time mm. you meet him in Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Um, well, and, and even in, <laughs> and even in Thor Ragnarok, I, um, I also liked the, um, a theory that, so, you know, the scene where Dr. Strange meets Loki in Thor Ragnarok. 
that Strange had actually travelled back to that time and told Loki, all right, actually, to get us on the right timeline... You need to you need to try and kill Thanos. You need Ooh. to give him the you need to give him the stone. Ooh. That's fun as well, right? <laughs> yeah, there's so much that you can uh, <laughs> yeah. extrapolate, and especially especially once time starts getting played with even more liberally in this upcoming movie. Yeah. Okay, um, let's talk about um, an MCU movie that hasn't. Um, well, we don't we don't know any of these characters yet, but we're about to. Um, this is the Eternals, the movie that every time I mention James makes a, a withering noise. Um, but the Eternals has cast its first cast member, and it's Angelina Jolie. Mm. Which, Seb, I don't know. I I can't explain this. This is the first time it's happened. I think probably actually since Benedict Cumberbatch. Where I went when it was Benedict Cumberbatch. I was I was I, I honestly I was a bit disappointed because they were talking about. Oh, it could be Joaquin Phoenix, or it could be um, Ethan Hawke, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, brilliant!" And then they announced Cumberbatch, and I was like, huh, "Okay, fine." <laughs> I mean, yeah, he does that one thing well, I guess. Um, sure, he'll do it again with an American accent. Um, he he has turned out to be very good casting for that, even if it is purely by virtue of doing that exact thing that he does. I but... I think he I think he came came into his own in Endgame because I I still think he was. Out charismaed by a number of members of his co- <laughs> of his co stars in Doctor Strange, a movie yeah. that that one of the first first Marvel solo movies that I went. Oh, actually, I like this movie a lot more than I like the hero. Normally, mm-hmm. like Captain Marvel, I go, "Oh, do you know what? I love this character. Can't wait to see what they do when they really get cooking." Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, with Angelina Jolie, it wasn't. Oh, I'm disappointed. It was just oh. She doesn't feel like an MCU kind of actor. Mm. Uh, is that is that just me? I know what you mean, which is a strange thing to say when you consider how wide that definition is now. I mean, MCU actor uh, does span everything from Robert Downey Jr. to Benedict Wong from off of Fifteen Stories High yeah. and Look Around <laughs> You. Um, but I kind of know what you mean because I think there's a I think she is, um, you know, she uh, she's an A-list star. I think it's the, the, um, e- the era of star that she is as well. Yeah. It, apart from Downey Jr., who kind of stands alone. Yeah. Um, I think that it's rare that someone has been cast, as I say, who is that big already. The, these, you know, Cumberbatch maybe, but Cumberbatch not in movies, you know, big on TV. Angelina Jolie is the kind of... The kind of person that I would expect to be cast in the kind of the Annette Benning role, yeah, where yeah. where it's like, oh, obviously, turn, the, uh, turns or up the Kate with Blanchett role or the yeah, or um, or, or uh, Nicole Kidman in Aquaman, yeah, 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 that kind of that kind of oh, we've got someone who is a list and comes with immediate gravitas respect is also a really good actor. But they're going to come up and they're going to do their fifteen minutes yeah. around all the main stuff, whereas. It sounds like here Angelina Jolie is one of the leads. Mm. It sounds like she's playing Cersei, although that hasn't been announced. I mean, I don't know anything about the Eternals, and every time you guys explain them to me, I forget. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you if you if you look at her, she looks like the one who you could imagine that, that Angelina Jolie would play, which is probably why people are saying it. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I. I think we've said this before. I know and care even less about the Eternals than I do about the uh, the Inhumans. So, 
Uh, I, I'm really not the person to ask about this. Uh, well, it, I mean, to be honest, at this point, who cares? Uh, but I just think it's cool that Angelina Jolie is going to be in that movie. And I know she's doing... So the Disney link is that she's done Maleficent and, she, and they've, there is about to be a sequel to Maleficent as well. Um, demanded. Yes, I I, well, I don't like that movie. Um, but I, I, I kind of like this and I like it because it feels like something a little bit different for Marvel in Phase 2. Uh, well, Phase 4, sorry. Or... What what are we gonna Saga two Phase four Saga two? <laughs> I think the phase thing has really fallen apart ever since phase two. To be honest, I'm still deep in. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so um, so Angelina Jolie starring in Eternals, and Seb, uh, this is where I wanted to do one of my kind of like biannual check ins on what's coming up in the MCU. So we have one movie announced, that is Spider-Man Far From Home past um, Endgame. And I think that the I think the thinking is that that is, that is all phase three. That, that kind of is all counted. And then phase four kicks off afterwards. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe Far From Home's phase four. But whatever, we don't know any of the other stuff past then. So what I'm gonna do, Seb, is I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you out my predictions for the next four years of Marvel movies and see whether you agree or disagree that this is happening. (laughs) (laughs) So, 2020, we've got Black Widow. Great. Good news, yeah? yeah? Happening? Happy with that? Sounds cool. Sounds like it's going to be maybe a little bit flashbacky interspersed with current stuff. Scarlett Johansson sticking around. Great. Um, Then The Eternals. Yeah. I mean, and then, if you know, with with the Jolie news, that seems to make that more likely rather than a project that gets announced and then gets forgotten about when they don't bother to make it. Yeah, and Chloe Zhao directing it, it sounds like that's pretty nailed on. That's that's coming. Um, so Guardians three was going to be the other movie that year. I, I was thinking, I can't imagine Marvel releasing all of their movies before kind of like June, July this year, because Far From Home is pretty early as well, and then only releasing two films in twenty twenty. So I I'm wondering what is the what is the project that they've got in their back pocket that that could happen a bit faster. And I'm going for Doctor Strange 2 here, which I'm tentatively calling Doctor Stranger. Um <laughs> because Scott Derrickson's still attached, Cumberbatch is around. That first movie came out in 2016. So any later than 2020 and it's a 5-year gap between Doctor Strange movies. Um so I'm going I'm going Doctor Strange there as the one that pulls forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a as you say, all the elements are in place, aren't they? So it shouldn't be difficult yeah. to pull together. But then we don't know, you know, where Strange is going to be at the end of Endgame. Oh no, he's uh, fine. Yeah. They have announced a Dot Strange too. Yeah. They just haven't given it an end date. Um, okay, twenty twenty one Stark. So you know, yes, yeah, yeah you need <laughs> you need your Tony around. Twenty twenty one. I'm going Shang Chi. Yeah, I think it's happening. Um, it's motion, I'm going, isn't it? Yeah. Spider-Man Graduation, which is what I'm going to predict the title's <laughs> called, given that they're going with two-year gaps between movies, and um, I think that's Sony dictated, ooh, so ooh, I imagine ooh, ooh. that's... Can I make a bold prediction, then, for Spider-Man Graduation? Yes. Live-action Miles Morales. Because I think, I think Far From Home is too soon. Uh, I, think, I think, you know, in the aftermath of Spider-Verse, I think, I think that's when they'll look to do that. 
He's still going to be. He's still. He's still going to be pretty young though, right? Maybe. I guess he could be like yeah. 15, 16. Yeah. 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 That would be cool. Um, Black Panther two, twenty twenty one makes sense for that. Can they? Um, do you not think that's something they might try and get out sooner? Uh, I don't. Well, it's only that's only two years from now. True. <laughs> um, it's been four yeah. years of doing this podcast. And then my my final prediction here is I don't think this is strictly MCU, but I think that from twenty twenty one we're going to be jumping up to four Disney superhero movies a year, and I think Deadpool three comes out in twenty twenty one. Um. So you think you think Deadpool three will be the first thing that will happen? As a Disney-owned, yes, uh, Fox slash X Men yeah. thing, and, and I will also just continue sorry. to do direct continuations of Deadpool because if any character could be plucked out and just thrown into his own thing, well, think, and also I- millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, that's going to be Deadpool three, or do you think that's going to be Cable and Deadpool? Yeah, that's well, that's the caveat. I I think it's either Deadpool three or X Force. Probably more likely X Force mm. or Deadpool and the X Force, whatever they choose to call it. Oh yeah, you would, um, they would, they won't take Deadpool out the title, definitely. I, do you know what? I could imagine, I could imagine them do something about kind of their universe crumbling around them, that kind of thing, um, and and doing. I, I I don't know whether it will directly interact with the MCU. But I could see there being kind of at least hints that oh or jo- or jokes about wait why didn't why now now I'm turning up at the X Mansion it genuinely is empty <laughs> where where have all these people gone <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> okay so 2022 so yes I'm now on the I'm now on board of there are four Marvel movies a year Guardians Volume Three seems like a a safe one there yeah. Um, Captain Marvel two, so that would be three years between Captain Marvels. Seems like a, a here's, good. Here's one for you then. Captain Marvel two, filling in the gap or carrying on post Endgame. Do you know what? I'm, I I I think that's really difficult to say <laughs> uh, until I've seen Endgame. Um, I would I hope would... filling in the gap so that we get more of uh, Talos. 
you know, you can still be around. We don't know how long scrolls age. <laughs> uh, or may, maybe maybe flashbacks. Seb, maybe you'll get some flashbacks to mm. watch to what she's been up to. Um, then I'm going because I I I still think that they're gonna keep this character around even though it doesn't make the money that the others do. Um, Ant Men and the Wasps. <laughs> Which um, I'm dying to see, and uh, I wouldn't be stunned if they found a way to kind of bring another character into that universe to give it a bit more of a sell. I don't know who that would be. Who's who's Ant Man? Who's Ant Man good friends with? Hawkeye. Oh. <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasps. If you've got his characters from uh, from the Nick Spencer stuff, maybe. Uh, you could always you could always bring in a third Ant Man. You could bring in Eric O'Grady. Um, no, but what what I mean is, I think that maybe box office wise, they could do with adding. Oh, as in adding someone, someone who's already it. got a yeah yeah doing well, it you, doing because he'll be dead. No, Hawkeye's <laughs> gonna Hawkeye's gonna survive. That's that's my Thor and Hawkeye are gonna survive. Thor, Hawkeye, and Black Widow are the three of the original who are are still gonna be around in the MCU. I think Tony is. I think Tony's going to be... Have I, have I said this on the podcast? I've said it on Twitter a bunch. I think Tony's going to be AI. I think he's going to be the voice inside the suit going forward. Oh, you, so you first said that on a podcast about three years ago. Yeah, yeah. okay, and I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sticking with it. Thor's uh, alive. No, I don't know. Cap's, I genuinely Cap's think that... Cap's back in time, um, and Hulk is stuck as Hulk. So no, I, I think Tony's going to be retired from being Iron Man, but him and Pepper will be raising their kid and he will be around. And occasionally when they want a, a Robert Downey Jr. cameo boost, he'll show. I think he's going to be a consultant for the, for the oh. MCU from now on. But I, I really don't think they're killing him off, even to turn him into like an AI or something. <laughs> I honestly think that he'll still be alive. Why would you rule out that possibility of bringing him back, even if you haven't got him under a contract for multiple films? Just move on. <laughs> Just move on. <laughs> You could be, well, be right. Uh, and then my fourth movie for 2022 is Young Avengers. Yeah. That's 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 my real speculative one. Um, I mean, could see it. I think, I feel like, I know why people are saying it's a thing that could happen. Um, I, the name, the name has got a certain recognition within comics, but absolutely no recognition outside it. Well, it's, I Aven- think- it's Avengers, but Young. I think there is a danger of diluting the importance that comes with every time one of these films has the word Avengers in the title compared with when it doesn't. Um, and I I could see them. Obviously, I do think they're going to introduce younger characters and, and play with them. Um, I've, but from a branding point of view, I'm not sure that you'd just get a young Avengers movie. See, I, I, I'm, I'm having it like I, two, I th- three I months think, after think... Ant Men and the Wasps when Cassie gets introduced as like full grown Ant, the, the, the new young Ant Man or whatever she's going to be. What's her character? Who Cassie? Who become... Stature. Yeah. Stature. There you go. Um, I and I think you've forgotten something major that I think goes in by 2022. Go on. Fantastic Four. Right, so no, this is my 2023, which I've got lots of question marks after. I've got no, a... I'm sorry, if you're waiting until 2023 to do Fantastic Four, you might as well wait until 2024. <laughs> 4th of April. <laughs> <laughs> so do you... I, I, I do... I agree with you what you have what you are implying there, which is Fantastic Four before X-Men. 
But I think we'll have seen X-Men characters by then. But I think it's before you get an X-Men movie. But how... I mean, you're opening kind of ones here, but how do you do that in the MCU? I, th- I, think, I think Wolverine is going to be in the MCU within two years. But mu- mutants can't just have been around the whole time. Um, one, I think, yes, they can. Uh, because they've been hiding. Because that's the whole point. Because that's what the X-Men do. You don't have to have that many of them. And I think you can very easily introduce Wolverine in his own right without going into the fact that he's a mutant or having to hint at the existence of other mutants. I think you can yeah. just drop Wolverine in anywhere. Uh, I'd love to see Wolverine, you know, kind of introduced and even even retconned in to being a contemporary of, um, you know, kind of Fury going back a bit and then even of, of going back to kind of Captain America's era. Um, I think you could do that with him. Uh, I think you do that as a as a way into the mutants and then all of a sudden... There's this school in New York that, you know, these five kids have been at for several years and we haven't known about them up to this point because they've been hiding. Or I guess you could do something with, hey, the timeline has been messed with and characters who were dusted have reappeared and weird stuff is now happening and, and I don't know. But anyway, so I, I, do, I think Fantastic Four before X-Men in terms of a, an overall movie anyway. Uh, but then I've got kind of question marks around X-Men, Fantastic Four, a female Avengers team-up, um, I think seems likely at some point. Um, and then Namor, I also think... Uh, do you know what, though? I would love Namor as an antagonist in Black Panther 2. I think that would be amazing. Mm. Wakanda versus Atlantis. Is it Atlantis? Or do they have a Yeah, yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's Atlantis. It is Atlantis, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would love to see what, whenever they bring in Namor, I think it's similar to Hulk that he won't get his own movie um, <laughs> but because of contractual stuff. But I'd love to see him as an antagonist before they do you know, that, an introduction. That question that you raised does raise the point that I, I really wish that someone would invent another kingdom under the sea. Is that why are they always yeah. from Atlantis? <laughs> it's like, has there only ever been one city under the sea in all of this fiction? Um, it's not Atlantis and Little Mermaid, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, I just I just wanted to put that in there. Some MCU phase four speculation. I'm sure we'll start to hear a bit more post Avengers Endgame. I wonder whether Kevin Feige will do one of the one of his keynotes again. Do you remember? Do you remember that where he got up on stage and he did and he just announced everything in one fell swoop and it had inhumans on there oh yeah it, had it, Cap- it was it when, had when you had all the logos wasn't it yeah 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 and he and he did a joke thing where he said that um captain america um three was captain america serpent society and then actually revealed it was civil war <laughs> the the cheeky jokester um maybe he'll do that again or maybe it'll be like a big comic-con thing or who knows I'm sure. I'm sure Kevin Feige is now that this Fox deal has got worked out is uh, figuring out his long term plans for Marvel. Do you remember when we all thought that he might he might jump ship after Phase Three as well? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a job for life. Um, okay, let's move over to the small screen. Uh, I've got lots of like little pieces of news to rattle through here. Um, I'm not sure how many of them will. Um, be worthy of deep discussion, said, but you can tell me. Uh, number one is that the Tick returns for its second season on April fifth, which is uh, checks calendar <laughs> next week. Well, it's this week because we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for a date for it, and then all of a sudden they gave us a date this last week, and it was like, oh, it's dropping in just over a week. So, and I think it's all um, dropping at once this time, isn't it? 
Is it a a full season's worth then, like a, a twelve episode or whatever? I uh, thought so, but I could I could be wrong. I mean, I that. liked the split last time, even though the second half wasn't quite as strong as the first half. I still really enjoyed it, um, but I don't know. I'm actually just just bobbing on now to see if I can see if they've said how many uh, how many episodes there are in season two. No, I can't. I can't even see. Uh, oh, ten episodes this time. So that's so it was twelve last time, split into two, and this time it's a season of ten, all all going at once. That's good by me. I I really enjoyed the first half. Um, have you watched I, the trailer for season two? No, I've not. I've I. Do you know what? TV trailers not really a thing that I'm ever huge on. <laughs> even even the shows that I'm into, I'm kind of yeah, because inevitably it's like the first couple of episodes anyway. The the main things to take away are they seem to have changed Tick's costume a little bit. Again. Uh, again. Uh, we get an introduction to a few other heroes. Looks like we're going to be... It feels like we're going a little bit more into that, you know, the kind of the the, the wacky heroes mould um, of, of kind of what previous versions have done. And we see... I have forgotten Arthur's sister's name... Uh, but she is like fully teamed up with um, oh, what's his name? Grimdark Deathman. It's been that long since the first season. <laughs> I've forgotten yeah. all the characters' names. Uh, his sister is Dot. Yes, and you're talking about Overkill, I think. Overkill. Yes, got it. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. See, I liked him so much, but completely forgot his name. Yeah, no, we like she's like wearing a mask and stuff, and seems to be like properly teamed up with him. Um, so following on kind of that plot thread from season one. So. Um, yeah, and and obviously Miss Lint is in it. I think she's going to be the main villain of of this season for oh, the look of it. So she was so good in yeah. season one. Great, I can't wait for more tick. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll find a way to shoe that shoehorn that into the podcast in yeah. what will be <laughs> a very a very, very busy, busy April. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. So moving on from that, we have got um. Seb, we talked about this uh, on a large level on the last minisode, uh, Reese and I. Um, Arrow is ending after season eight, uh, but it was announced uh, that um, Felicity, uh, played by Emily Betricards, will be leaving a season early um, at the end of season seven. I'm I'm sure she'll pop up a little bit throughout, but that's kind of like, uh, she's like the second lead of the show. So that's kind of a big deal leaving before that shortened season they obviously couldn't get something worked out contractually just to get her to stick around or do a kind of like dennis and it's always sunny season 13 show show up when you need to let's let's give the <laughs> illusion that oh <laughs> do you remember um i'm not sure did you ever watch how i met your mother seth uh no I didn't. Search so J- Jason Siegel was yeah. basically desperate to leave that <laughs> show from about season five, basically uh, uh, probably from around the point where the show started taking a massive creative dip and was just treading water, figuring out how to tell this story over eight seasons rather than four or five, where it would probably have worked best. Jason Siegel desperate to leave. In the end, they his contract is up. They get him to agree to be part of the final season. But he basically says, look, I'll do half of the amount of time that you need. So the first half of the season is Jason Siegel on a bus traveling to the wedding that the entire <laughs> thing has been set at, which he'd clearly like turned up and like filmed an episode an episode's worth of material that was split over the first like 10, 12 episodes and then shows up for the second half of the season that's... <laughs> 
that's like where he's like, oh, Marshall's finally arrived at the wedding. <laughs> so there always seems to be ways around this, uh, but it, either like, it's um, a plot spoiler or in the Emily Beckerkars just wants it out. But also the season part of wreck when Chris and Anne leave partway through the season. And then later in the season, you do get a Rashida Jones appearance uh, when she's given birth to, to her and Chris's baby. Um, and, and Rob Lowe is nowhere to be seen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I think they did, they did. Did they both come back for the very, very end? I think they did, didn't they? I think so, yeah. Uh, everybody except Brandanowitz came back for the very, very end. <laughs> yes, I remember that. I remember being convinced that they'd bring him back at least yeah. to make a joke. Didn't even I, mention him. I really want to know if they just decided not to ask him or if they asked him and he said no, because one of those two things obviously will have happened. Um, but it could have been either, because exactly. I think... Uh, no love uh, lost on both sides. <laughs> yes, yeah, precisely. Uh, so yeah, that was us talking about Felicity leaving Arrow a season early. <laughs> Runaways has been renewed for season three, so that show's still happening, and that kind of implies that even in the wake of Disney+, Plus, it's plus, yeah, keep getting that wrong even in the wake of disney plus some of these side supposedly mcu shows are still going to get to exist which again implies that it was netflix who were a bit more keen to end those um daredevil universe shows than the marvel were i think marvel probably would have been happy for them to continue in the background Mm. not being overtly connected but that's the the runaways renewed for season three um cloak and dagger is still going i think I'm not sure if there. I mean, are there any more? I don't. Runaways and Cloak and Dagger are, are two shows that are just so, so not on my radar. I didn't even know Runaways have had a full second season. Um, Apparently, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and Cloak and Dagger, I believe, is still. Uh, oh, the second season is about to start uh, in less than a week. Hmm. So there we go. What? Do, what? Recently, I had this debate. What do you think about these? Um, these MCU shows featuring MCU actors that are going to be on Disney Plus. Because I think that this time it's not going to be lip service connections to the MCU. I think these no. are now these yeah. these are MCU shows. By by their nature of of who's in them and what they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and probably not going to be like making earth shattering changes to the MCU, but probably if Falcon goes off during his series and, I don't know, gets a new girlfriend, that that girlfriend probably t- turns up in the next movie that Falcon's in as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they will be allowed to contribute things to the films if the films deem it necessary to then use them. Uh, it's going to be interesting for those... Categorically, was not allowed to do. You know those side characters that are kind of connected to certain heroes? So I think we know, like... Um, Pepper's not going to be back again. It looks like Happy is um, a Spider-Man character from here on in. Um, but, you know, th- those side characters that exist in franchises that maybe aren't continuing anymore, what is the natural place for Falcon in the MCU if if Steve Rogers isn't around? And Bucky as well, or does he become a Black Panther side character? I don't know. But they've they've all got to find new homes, basically, don't they? The same for the um, the same for the Thor characters, because I don't know how Thor fits in post post Endgame. I think Thor will still be around. I, I think maybe it'll be a bit Tony Starkish though that we haven't had a movie for six years, but he's still well and truly a fixture. Mm. But where does Valkyrie go? Where does Korg go? Where do oh no, all the other Thor characters are dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if we know if Korg's still alive. 
Oh, you shut your mouth. <laughs> Korg is fine. Korg is getting his own spin-off on Disney Plus. Where he is fulfilling <laughs> fulfilling Taika Waititi's um, inspiration. He is just a, a bouncer at a Kiwi nightclub. That'd be fantastic. Um, more TV news. Uh, Swamp Thing is premiering on May 31st, Seb, which is not far off. Um, which um, is a week after Doom Patrol ends on DC Universe. So it sounds mm. like they've they've got a... They're just going to debut original show after original show after original show. So 13 episodes. You can kind of do that with four series a year. Yeah. Would that be enough to pay a subscription? Should that service be available in your country? <laughs> uh, Well... If the shows, I mean, I, I was going to talk about this in relation to something else that I think we were going to talk about. Uh, if the I don't shows know what you're are about. of the quality of Doom Patrol, uh, then yes. I mean, if if DC Universe was available in this country, uh, based on the fact that I obtained and watched the first episode of it to see what it was like because people were talking about it, uh, I would absolutely pay for DC Universe uh, on the strength of Doom Patrol. Um, and if if Swamp Thing is remotely as good as Doom Patrol, then they're really onto something. Where is Doom Patrol? I don't know. That's a, Do you mean where is it, it? As in, why has it not come onto Netflix in the UK yet? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's baffling, especially considering how good it is. Is it being kept Maybe, off Netflix because yeah. of Umbrella Academy, or is it being kept off until they've got a full season? Mm, but did they do that they with tr- Titans? I think they dropped Titans in one. Uh, in maybe. One. Um, Lump, yeah, but I mean, seriously, guys, Doom Patrol is excellent. Based on that first episode, it's really, really good. Um, did you did you ever get through Titans? No, I've I kind of watched I watched bits of it and then sort of it was just one of those where it was like there was there's so much of these and I'm starting to have a real issue with shows that are an hour long <laughs> in a in a full season now. Uh, just just finding the time to actually get through them. Well, um, unless they, unless they are like. You know the drama that you have to be watching. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, say you weren't you, but like Game of Thrones, basically. Like, yeah, no, no one cares if it's this kind of prestige TV that is. Yeah, and if if it was a weekly thing that was on my TV and everyone was, you know, like Line of Duty starts tomorrow as we record this, and I will be watching Line of Duty tomorrow night, and I'll be watching an hour of Line of Duty every week for the entire series. But when it's a show that you're 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 on, it's on a streaming service, and my wife doesn't want to watch it, so I'll I'll watch it on the train. Um, and my train journeys are like less like the part where I sit down and actually watch something is usually less than an hour so it's not like I have an hour to just watch a whole episode and sometimes when I'm travelling to and from work I'm not necessarily in the mood for, for that kind of show and that's actually one of the things that struck me about Doom Patrol was I, I blasted through that, that whole first episode um, you know just really wanting to, to carry on watching it um, but then you know there are, there are other shows where I've dropped off of them because I just don't have the time investment for, for that length yeah. of episode over that length of season uh, is, um, is Riverdale one of those shows? yeah I mean I like Riverdale whenever I go back to it and then I end up falling behind three or four episodes and then I'm like just oh well I'll just wait till the end of the season and pick up again at the start of the next one uh, I bring up Riverdale because um, the spin-off which is uh, a Katie Keene spin-off um, has cast its lead. Um, they've cast Lucy Hale, who is an actress from Pretty Little Liars. But that's a that's a thing that's going ahead. Um, Casey Keene on, the, on the CW. Mm. 
And I think it's it's going to have some of the Josie and the Pussycats actresses in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a a, a, a proper crossovery mm. show. So yeah, so that's that's another that's another thing that's happening. There you go, broken news to you, Seb. <laughs> um, uh, one more thing before we get to the the thing that you that you need to talk about. Um, <laughs> Drew God Drew Goddard this week signed a four year deal with Twentieth Century Fox TV, um, and I I just thought this was interesting because obviously Twentieth Century Fox TV. Um, this week is different than it was two weeks ago. Uh, 20th Century Fox TV is now a part of Disney. Um, and who knows what that means, especially for a guy with the superhero, I would say pedigree, but maybe not pedigree, maybe more just he's always connected with and always attached to superhero properties. So obviously created and worked on the first season of Daredevil. Um, is still attached to X Force. Should that should that happen in uh, under Disney stewardship, which I think it will, um, and is still uh, and this is as of kind of late last year. Amy Pascal was saying, as far as she's concerned, if they ever do a, a Sinister Six movie, she's just waiting for Drew Goddard to say yes. I still want to do that, and obviously his Sinister Six was part of the Amazing Spider Man universe. Uh, was being set up there, but it sounds like she has said to him, like, I still want you to do it. And, um, hey, a Sinister Six movie could even be in the MCU rather than be one of these spin-offs. Uh, but now, and now he's signed on for a four-year pact with Fox TV. So, uh, Drew Goddard, what, what's he going to do next? And I, I would, I, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something superhero-y. And something for Disney Plus <laughs> potentially. Yeah, is it, it? Maybe maybe you could maybe you could bed in the mutants in in a Disney <laughs> Plus show before they go to the big screen. I don't know. The gifted that that's going to be cancelled soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah? That's another one that's just yeah managed to so completely not be at all on my radar. Has it had a second season? Yeah. <laughs> the show that James demanded and then didn't uh, that, watch and then didn't watch I mean if James didn't watch it I don't know who the hell else did <laughs> people who don't care about X-Men but just like I mean, crappy it, TV I mean do, Drew Goddard uh, does uh, Drew Goddard and, and X does seem a good fit um, so yeah let's let's see what he comes up with I of those projects, do you know what? I reckon Drew Goddard makes X Force and the Sinister Six eventually. <laughs> because probably not the that... Sinister Six, to be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I, I, I wanted to use that as a, a little nod to um, a movie that you saw filming this week, Seth. Yeah, I did. Yes, I, I didn't see any of the cast. Uh, I saw I saw a lot of Jared Leto fans. Uh, but I we should not... point out. So you, you were you were near to your workplace. They were filming Morbius this week. I mean, not just near to my workplace. Literally outside the window of my workplace, <laughs> um, they were filming Morbius because uh, I work in Manchester's northern quarter. Which um, it's a lot cheaper to pretend Manchester is New York than it is to find a place where they'll let you shut off a street in New York and shoot there. And also, it's a Pinewood production anyway. So you know, it's not like they came over from the US. It's the whole production is based at mm. Pinewood. So uh, as seen in. 
Captain America First Avenger and in lots of other things. Uh, Manchester's very good at, at Dublin for New York. Um, so yeah, it was literally, uh, it was it, yeah, kind of looking right down out my office window. They were they were shooting a scene uh, with some taxis and a bus and a car that I think is going to be very prominent in the film because it looked really distinctive and even looked like it had deliberately had dust placed on it in a certain way. Um, but all around, there was just around the corner. They'd, they'd done a subway station. I went out on my lunch break and took a bunch of pictures of uh, of various things that were around on the set. And then uh, it was kind of in the afternoon. They were actually doing shooting on on the street outside, uh, which was all very exciting and fun. And uh, I had to sit there at work explaining to my co-workers who Morbius is. Um, I said this on Twitter, but the best way I could sum it up was he's a vampire and he's not very happy about it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I'm. I, I think we talked about it before. I've got very little interest in this anyway, as a you know, slightly pointless Spider-Man spin-off, and the fact that it's Jared Leto. Uh, but now I'm going to have to go and actually see the blasted thing because <laughs> it was filmed by my work. Well, and also said you present a comic book movie podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I, I generally do a quite quite a good job of getting out of the ones I don't want to see. So yeah, that is that is true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh let's let's get to the final piece of news which is what you've been wanting to talk about. Um listeners, I promise we've got Seb on a timer here. Um <laughs> the first image of DC Universe's Stargirl was released this week. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh yes, yeah, uh, actress Breck Breck Basinger, Basinger? Yeah, I don't know if it, is it pronounced like Kim Basinger, but there's two S's. It's got a double S, so, yeah, yeah, it's confusing. It, yeah. Bass, um, uh, let's go bass singer yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah so it was funny because I looked at this and, I, and my, my initial reaction was oh okay that that just looks like Stargirl. They've just they've just done the costume. How how hard is that to get wrong? And then I went back and looked at um, pictures of the uh, Smallville and Legends of Tomorrow versions of of Stargirl, and went, oh, that's how it's possible to get wrong. Um, so I, mean, I be- don't think I've seen either of those versions. The Smallville one looks exactly as you would expect a Smallville costume to expect uh, to to look from from that era when they suddenly decided to start doing superheroes with really bad and cheap looking costumes. Um, the Legends of Tomorrow one is actually more stylized in a particular way, and I think I don't know what the plot line was, but it, she was in the Justice Society. In fact, in both versions, she was a member of the Justice Society. So I think, particularly in Legends of Tomorrow, she looks very 1940s. She looks a bit more like a bombshells character. So I think they deliberately went retro there with the styling. Okay. Um, so it, it doesn't look terrible, but in both cases of those previous ones, the the Cosmic Rod, which I'm certain they won't call a Cosmic Rod. I I, I would bet money it'll be called her Staff or something in, in this, because you can't say Cosmic Rod with a straight face. Um, yep. It looks terrible and cheap and plastic in both previous versions, and in this, it actually looks like Jack Knight's uh, and Courtney Whitmore's Cosmic Rod from the comics. It looks great. And that's the thing, actually, in, in this picture, other than the fact that her costume looks spot on, the two really interesting details in the picture they've released are, one, the Cosmic Rod looks great, and two, in the background, you can see Stripe, uh, the massive robot that's presumably going to be her sidekick that's that's yeah. built by by her, her stepdad. Um, and just judging by the size of it, um, because all you see is like a bit of a leg and it's and a bit of its hand. She um, looks like she's like at knee level. Exactly. It's it's going to be enormous. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just big tick for this. Uh, you know, I've already talked about how it's going to be interesting how this is, this will work in terms of they've made the character that she's, um, kind of descended from, uh, Starman rather than, than Star Spangled Kid or, or, or whatever. But, um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's possible to see what this show is doing and where it's going, but 
as a first look. You know, as I say, if, if you if you look up a picture of if you look up that picture and you look up a picture of Star Girl from the comics, she looks exactly like her. So you know, fair enough. So <laughs> I look, I looked at this picture and I was like, oh, do you remember that? Do you remember when there was that that like me going around of all of the all of the MCU characters gender fl- gender flips <laughs> yes. playing them. And it was Alison Brie as Captain Alison America yeah, yeah. with with uh yeah with her stomach out because that's what happens when you gender flip a character. You've yeah. got to you've got to show some flesh. Um yeah, it reminded me of that. And and do you know what that, that I do remember when I saw that picture and I was like, oh fair fair enough, that actually does look cool. Um but that's what this reminded me mm. of. No, it does. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, I, mean, I kind of kinda... wish that she didn't have such a cover half her body costume. I know what it you looks mean. like she's got shorts that go up to like mid thigh as well. It's one. Or, it's or... one of those where because they've done it faithful to the comics, and in the comics, like she's a youngish teenage girl, and it's a very sort of. It's not done in a sort of you know she's young enough that it's not it's not being done in a pervy way. It's a she's she's a kid and she's kind of it, you know she's she's kind of dressed like she's about to go skateboarding or something it's you know um i think the problem is when you then translate that to live action and you have an actress who's slightly older um yeah she's ni- she's 19 the actress exactly so that that changes the perspective of of what you're doing there um but as i say you know they they have gone for accuracy there so um, but this was why yeah, again, it I mean, just it just looks a little bit like uh, that rejected costume in the pilot of Supergirl. Yeah, <laughs> which again, actually, you know, if you I say if you look at the the Legends of Tomorrow one, which 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 looks cheaper, um, but actually is the, the more I look at it, other than the fact that the mask looks a bit off and and the cosmic rod looks terrible, um, is actually a pretty decent costume and and looks looks it looks a lot more stylish. Uh, because again, you know what what we're dealing with here is adaptations of costumes that were um, largely designed and invented in the nineties. Um, and and nothing good comes of of trying to make those look contemporary, um, unless yeah. you put a leather jacket over them. I'm all about '90s superhero leather jackets. So uh, let's hope that Superboy um, gets to wear that in the second season of Titans. Um, but again, the other you know the other thing was it was just it was just looking at that, and as I say, looking at the fact that it's a small detail, but it's a it's to me a significant detail that's translated over very effectively from a comic that I really like. And this is, you know, for all that they're kind of going in their own direction with them, the DC Universe shows are kind of doing that. I mean, Titans looked a bit rubbish in terms of when you looked at the pictures of the characters and stuff, but then actually, you know, sort of did, I've not watched the whole thing, but sort of did do a lot of kind of character stuff that actually was quite in tune with what people like about some of those characters. Um, Doom Patrol has really surprised me with certain elements that it has directly picked up from the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, among other versions. Um, you know, and as I say, the, this little detail that is like that looks to me like it has come straight out of the Starman comic. Something I said on Twitter the other day was that these DC Universe shows are starting to make me believe that they could do a Hitman show and actually have it be reasonably accurate to the comics all of a sudden which is never something on network tv i would never thought that was a possibility or even not really on cable but there's something about dc universe where um they are at they you know they 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 don't they don't look as cheap these shows well, they're selling as, they're as the selling ones. directly to the people exactly that... it's a, well there's you know again i don't want to spoil it especially because the show hasn't come over here yet but there is a line at the beginning of the second episode of doom patrol 
that that very specifically references that um and you know yeah these are shows that are being made for more of an audience who have come to them as fans and um dare i say it they're actually doing a good job of of playing to those fans which is a a weird thing to say about dc's live action properties in the in the last five many years because even you know the 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 flareverse shows had to very gently feel their way in you know ultimately they've ended up being very heavily um, you know drawing in elements from the comics albeit doing them in their own way but they it took them a while to get there you know arrow had to ease the general public into the idea of a green arrow show flash had it a little bit easier supergirl had it a little bit easier again but that all took time dc universe has just gone right here's a show based on this comic and we're taking the elements that we want to from this comic and running with it so yeah well i think probably benefiting from the way that superhero television has changed Mm. and that now now you can absolutely can do that in a way that you couldn't before yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just looking at um uh, Wikipedia article for Swamp Thing because I don't really know a lot about what they're doing with it. Swamp Thing's going to have Blue Devil in it, um, which I, I won't bother to explain Blue Devil. But if you know anything about DC Comics, the idea that there's going to be a TV show that's going to have Blue Devil in it is just, yeah, a- anything's possible now. <laughs> well, Seb, that's it for this week's news, um, and it for this week's show. So, listeners, don't forget that we uh, will be back next week with our Shazam episode. Shazam. Uh, two, two Captain Marvels in two weeks. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still looking forward to it, Seb. I'm really looking forward to it. I, you know, and especially the reviews have been really positive so far. So uh, I'm, I'm fully expe- expecting to have a blast with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Shazam in two weeks' time. If you're enjoying the show, then subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, your podcast app of choice. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Cinematic Universe. You can find more episodes of the show at cinematicuniverse.com. Uh, you can get in touch via Facebook on Twitter at cine underscore verse or send us an email to editorial at cinematicuniverse.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>